Can't you hear it? Money. Can't you hear it? Money. 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 Savage Beast, a podcast about music. Uh, I'm Joe Gallagher, and with me, as always, is Paul McLeod. Hi, Joe. That uh, when I die, that intro is going to be like really sad and tragic in retrospect. But because um. you'll still be, you'll still be with me uh, <laughs> in my heart and, and true in, in my in my loins somehow. <laughs> <laughs> awesome um uh, <laughs> well so today uh uh we've tentatively titled this episode hot tapes 2016 uh, we're going to talk about the best music of the year so far or at least the music that's interested us the most um, yeah and maybe not claim it's the best uh some of it my is. favorite yes there you go um what's gotten me to listen to it twice that's that's <laughs> kind of how i uh yeah would put it or or uh, if I bought it or, or you know, right. strongly considered buying it when it goes down a dollar or two in price because I'm or, cheap and I have kids. Or, or perhaps, <laughs> most importantly, uh, it's the music that I decided I wanted to uh, shove onto all my friends and try and get them to listen to it, too. Uh, yeah. Via the magic of this podcast. First, uh, we need to talk about our intro track. Oh, my gosh. Chose it. Yes. Um that track was from the Avalanches, uh, first and currently only album uh, since I left you, which is originally released in two thousand, uh, a long fucking time ago. Um, Paul, yeah. what tell it tell tell us about this magical album? Yeah, um, let's see. So, my main first memory of it is. Uh, Hearing Frontier Psychiatrist, which is just one of the best DJ songs of all time. Um, and uh, so if, if you haven't heard that, everybody, which was not the song we just played, but if you haven't heard Frontier Psychologi- Psychiatrist, it's uh, a tour de force of uh, mixing up vocal samples in a hilarious and completely uh, banging way. Uh, so, there, there's a, there's a, they, they scratch the track of a parrot talking. Yes. Yes. Oh man, so good. Um, yeah, it, <laughs> so much more awesome than that description makes it sound like. Um, and yeah, I mainly remember walking around uh, Boston when I went there on spring break to see our friend Jesse with that in my uh, in my disc man as one of my early memories of that album. It's it's um, if you haven't heard the Avalanche, is it, it there? It was a you know the band at that time had five or six DJs in it and. Oh, sound sound artists and they really took samples from like super diverse sources there's a lot of radio plays and mm-hmm. old uh kind of you know tropical sounding records and they turned it into the perfect mixtape and yeah. it's really good for anything like from you know driving to getting it on 
to like stoned contemplation um, or to like yeah. play. You could play it in the background of like a fun family dinner party and people would be like, oh, this is I- I've never played it for anyone and like and not had them been like by the third track. What like what is this? It's 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 really an good. excellent instant party soundtrack. Actually. Yes. Yes. Um, it's so, sort of like I would say halfway between DJ Shadow and uh, Girl Talk. Um, you know, a more less shock tactic-y than Girl Talk, yeah. but more party fun than DJ Shadow. If you want something like Girl Talk, but more s- subtle and obscure and and yet the, the and happier, man's Girl yeah. Talk. It, it is that, and <laughs> um, and that's and there's really there's nothing else like it. I've never heard another record that's. And we're choosing it today because they just announced their new album, supposedly. Yes, they're playing shows. Been, it's been about to come out for the past decade, so yeah, it's I mean, still never going to come out. I think between you and I, it's probably been the most anticipated album of like vaporware album to like you know. Hmm. I, I think well, I mean, I think since two, I mean, it's built that way. I think since like two thousand one, we've been like, when's the next Avalanche's album coming out? Um, or I should say, I feel the, like there might be something else for me, but that's certainly well, that's maybe certainly up there. Some maybe sort of, before since Aphex Twin has now released a new album. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> well, I'm not. The, I'm not counting a mythical like third Neutral Milk Hotel <laughs> album, which has never oh, yeah. happened. So that that obviously, but I gave that's there's no hope for that. And the Avalanches, there was always hope. Yeah. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, get excited. Uh, and you can be disappointed with us when it's another five years. Uh, but yeah. and, and if you haven't listened to Since I Left You, their first album, it's a must listen. As is, they also um, did my favorite, what I think might be my favorite remix of all time. Uh, they remixed Bell and Sebastian's um, I'm a Cuckoo uh, with hmm. all this uh, sort of folk singing, uh, sort of transforming this indie rock song into like this you're, it's like you're at a party in in you know Nairobi or, or something. Like it's it's awesome. Um, yeah, I haven't uh, heard that. I'll check it out. Yeah. Okay. So Paul, you are facing yeah. an existential crisis. Tell us what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least a marital crisis, which is probably worse. <laughs> um, no, um, not really. Uh, Aesop Rock slash Homeboy Sandman, who released a pretty nice free EP last year. Um, and Vince Staples, who released a totally fire um, uh, album last year, uh, are playing within four days of each other in Tucson. Um, I don't get a whole ton of shows in Tucson because Tucson is really bad at attending shows, um, despite being a college town, which is embarrassing. Um, But four days apart is uh, about... Uh, 14 days too close for me to go to both shows um, with three children in the house. So um, I need to choose which one to go to. And I, I sought Joe's advice and he withheld it until we re- could record him giving that advice. <laughs> yes. And it also gave me time to more carefully consider it. Yeah. Um, do you want to play a little bit from each artist here? Sure. Let's give people a taste. Okay. Bitch, you thirsty, please grab Sprite My crib's lurking, don't die tonight I just wanna dance with you, baby Just don't move too fast, I'm too crazy Man, down, down the avenue, get shaded Take a nigga mind off that We can dip, fuck 
function, one wrong work, start busting. Put that on my Yankee hat. I'm a gangster crib, fuck gangster rap. Where the ladies at? Where the hoes? Where the bitches? Really All right, so that was Vince Staples, who um, pretty much the whole album sounds like that. And uh, I would say that's sort of the... Uh, the whole album has this really nice, uh, uh, like sort of aggressive, but also uh, smooth bass sound that is sort of like the quintessential way I would describe, uh, or if I were to imagine the quintessential rap production, and obviously it's a very wide ranging uh, field, uh, that's what I would describe something like that. So anyway, Mm -hmm. he's awesome. All right, let's, and now let's hear ESAP Rock. Yeah. So, if we're just going by those two songs, uh, "None Shall Pass" is like the greatest fucking song of all time. So that I makes mean, that tough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that song. I can't believe that song is is nine years old and it's still, you know, got this. No one, no one's uh, done anything quite like it. That sort of driving, you know, yeah. bouncing, beeping yeah. beat. I, including Aesop Rock and Blockhead, who produced that, have not yeah. really done anything quite that good. Although they're awesome. Yeah. They've got a lot yes. of really good songs. Yes. It's clearly his best song. Um, yeah. Uh, so I I think I have my opinion. Um, yeah. And that is, I think I have to lean with, you know, if you have the chance to see an artist when they're like right on the way up, I mean, especially mm-hmm. when they've like kind of caught fire and are getting more popular, I think you, mm-hmm. you you always have to to do that. So I think you should see Vince Staples because he is just at the top of his game right now. You know, he could be, you know, this is the time in his career where every show could be, you know, epic and he's still got something to prove. Yeah. Um, so that that would be my choice between those two. Um, I think that's a, a really good reason. And um, I think that's also my choice. Um so okay. not only that, which is an which is really excellent logic, actually. I mean, Aesop Rock uh, is probably awesome. I've never seen him, um, yeah, but um, you know he's been around a while, and he probably will be for a while yet. Whereas, like you said, Vince Staples is. Um, uh, I actually saw Kendrick Lamar at a similar-ish point in his career, um, about a month after Good Kid, Mad City was released, and that was awesome. Um, and the awesome experience of seeing Kendrick Lamar at that show, um, leads to another point, which is, uh, I bet the crowd at a Vince Staples show will be a lot more fun than the crowd in Aesop Rock show. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> Aesop Rock is going to be a lot of, uh, probably lame white guys in their thirties like me. And I don't want to hang out with those kind of people. Um, <laughs> uh. 
either. <laughs> Who can blame you? Uh, uh, never, the Kendrick never... Lamar audience was decidedly more full of people of color, and uh, it was way, mo- way more fun than your typical indie rock audience. So uh, I'm going to go that way. Uh, good choice. And uh, I think for helping you decide, um, you, of course, are going to uh, fund my uh, trip down to Tucson to attend a show with you. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just you just buy me that plane ticket after we, we get done here. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll pay you back for it. You you go. ahead. Uh-huh, um. Uh-huh. Um, OK, now let's let's get on to the topic at hand, which is our favorite uh, tracks albums artists of 2016 so far um and actually i want to start with a question so i lied we're not going to get to it quite yet um (laughs) paul what do you what what do you look for these days when you look for new music right so my uh um my process for new music is actually pretty simple okay in that I just go on Pitchfork every day mm-hmm. and I listen to everything new they reviewed. Okay. Um, I at least, uh, well, that's not true. If they describe something as black metal and they don't bother <laughs> to put up a sample track, I'm not listening. Um, because uh, the next black metal album that I like will be the first one. So um, sorry to all our metal uh, fans out there. Um, but, um, other than that, uh, if the dis- if basically if the description seems good and or there's a sample track, I'll at least listen to one track and see if it's worth going on. And if I like that track, I'll probably listen to the album until I decide that there's nothing there for me. So what? Um, but what are you? What are you listening for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? My point was in bringing up that process is that um, uh, anything that can grab me as I'm surveying, you know probably five to eight to five to 10 new, uh, releases each day, Mm -hmm. um, is, uh, is sort of what I'm looking for. So it's possible that this process, um, uh, is detrimental to the, uh, slow growing and the subtle, um, which is something I worry about a little bit, but, um, basically, uh, anything, I think it does tend to favor anything weird, and um uh or off kilter in some way or uh especially full of energy or something like that so those i would say um those are the kinds of things i think i like anyway so those kinds of things i think are what i'm looking for and it can be any genre um in fact when we start to go through the my selections for this show you'll see i uh I actually tried to be as diverse as I could among the albums I really liked in terms of, of style. Right. Um, so, uh, it's more about, uh, a certain energy, um, to, uh, to speak in the, the tongue of the, uh, crystal lovers among us. Um, but, uh, <laughs> and less about any particular type of music, if that makes sense. That makes sense. And you know, so, uh, I guess the one follow-up question is, you know, if if when you're listening, well, I guess we're looking at these this list, like even though it's very diverse, like what do you think is is catching you about these songs? Like what that you would even bother looking, continuing to look for new music? Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, 
again, they're all, uh, there's a certain, this is so vague that it's almost a non-answer, but <laughs> yeah. there's just like a certain vitality to it. And maybe you'll hear that when we play samples of it. it, but uh, yeah, yeah, they're all, uh, even the smoothest of them, uh, there's a certain sort of like, uh, ache or, um, uh, right. You know, just like, uh, I don't know, soulfulness, you might say. To yeah, it. and do you feel like you need to like hear that reflected in a new way or articulated oh, in a new way? Why do I need a new version of that? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, um, well, I don't know. I get bored super easy with things. Um, <laughs> this is the so, last episode of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also we're not friends. Um, <laughs> but... Um, uh, I don't know. I just really love uh, finding new things. I spent, you know, in the in the latter half of uh, the the aughts, I uh, sort of dropped out of keeping up with new music hmm. for a while. And um, I don't know. Uh, coming back, I was like, yeah, I actually really do love uh, continuously finding new music and new artists. And um, I, every time you find something new, it's uh, even if it's sort of a uh, got a working on a nostalgia thing. Um, it sort of expands your, uh, your spirit in a new way. And, uh, that's something totally. I'm always looking for. Totally. I mean, I, I think for me, I mean, I'm always looking for, I guess it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I, I have to use the language of like attraction where I kind of always looking for a song that I'm going to get a crush on mm-hmm. and get obsessed with, you know, for a few weeks, um, uh, and, and gets it to, gets its hooks into me. Um, and a, a lot of times those are songs that sound very similar to like songs that I've liked in the past and that I'm just kind of looking for a fresh version of, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, you have like an album that you have a fling with or something, you know, like for like six, for like that year, you know, you listen to that album a lot. And then maybe like never, you know, then it, it drops off kind of quickly. Um, uh, and then, you know, then of course, and so that kind of goes song and album. And I think eventually, you know, you might, you kind of find the band that you like fall in love with. And that's mm-hmm. sort of what you're ultimately looking for. And I think yeah. I'm, all, I'm off, I'm often kind of listening to songs and albums, almost trying to still get to that, that point with a band where, I, I am am really interested in what they are doing as artists or as an artist. Um, yeah. yeah, the best thing that could happen for me if I, when I find new music is that I listen to something so good that I can never bring myself to listen to it again because the situation is never perfect. Um, <laughs> there you go. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Um, I. Uh, um, it's interesting. Sometimes I know right away with a song. Um, Mm-hmm. or an album like i'd like i would listen um there's just the last song on father john misty's new album i went to the store one day like i was like 30 seconds into that and i was like sending it to people i was like this song is so perfect it's like what i'm thinking right now um this was just when i was about <laughs> to move from like new york to south carolina it talks about moving to the south and it's just like such a good song i was like this i'm in like and i still love the song um and then there's some there's uh, um, there's some songs that I feel like they kind of start off, um, as, uh, crushes and they kind of, then you realize, no, this is like, 
a bigger like I, there's this song by tennis called marathon uh which okay. like i got caught in my head and i was like this song's pretty good and it took me a while to realize like no no i like this song because it's a, just a great indie rock song and i'm always gonna like uh yeah um need to like listen to the 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 chorus of it over and over um and yeah uh, that happens to me sometimes too that's awesome i guess yeah i mean i think i think that i'm looking for music that's like all the music i've listened to is like kind of this story and so like i list list looking for something that's like connected to that but then it Mm -hmm. also has something new you know it's sort of like so it's always kind of sounds like what I liked before, but the stuff I really like, it sounds, it was, I should say the stuff I really liked. Wait, wait, let me, let me say that. Let me rephrase that. Like the new things that I like, they mm-hmm. tend to both sound like something I liked before and have something new. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I guess that's, you know, <laughs> pretty, that's pretty, makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. If something sounds totally new, which is hard at this point, um, yeah. That's awesome for me too. Maybe yeah. maybe we'll get into that a little bit. Yeah. With some of these yeah. Choices. Yeah. Um, All right. Enough meta. Yes. Let's talk about the actual stuff. Yes. Okay. Um, and first up uh, on our uh, joint playlist here is uh, uh, Dave, David Bowie's Black Star. Indeed. Uh, we'll play a sample. Okay. Star by David Bowie, um, released two days before his death, uh, which was undoubtedly the cultural event of 2016 so far. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, was that was that a joke? <laughs> that was not a joke. No. Okay. Okay. Good. Yes. No. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was actually kind of amazing how uh, universal the. Uh, consensus outpouring was for him um uh if there's any if there's anyone who would disagree with that i i don't know him i don't want to know him (laughs) yeah well i mean i'm not even i'm not even passing a value judgment on i'm saying empirically yes (laughs) nothing nothing got more people talking than david bowie uh releasing a dope album and then dying um so yeah uh uh this was one of my selections Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually, you know, just about the f- earliest possible release of 2016. Um, I, uh, you know, like I own a couple Bowie albums. I've listened to Bowie, uh, of course heard a million Bowie songs that get played as just part of the cultural background noise, but I hadn't actually ever gone through a phase where I listened to all the Bowie albums. So, um, 
uh, I listened to this when it came out and I loved it. I thought this was awesome. And uh, then going back, uh, then he died. And so I went back and uh, listened to um, probably eight of his old albums. I didn't, uh, I got sidetracked before I got through all the classics, but uh, I got up through at least um, uh, Young Americans. Amazing how easy it is to go back and do that these days. It's I know it's wonderful. <laughs> it's insane, um, and uh, they're all, of course, excellent. But uh, I think this one is probably my favorite of them, personally. Yeah, um, which is amazing. <laughs> like that's really fucking amazing. Um, Paul McCartney is not going to release his best album two days before he dies. No, um, I, I think that. Um, to me, I don't have much doubt that this is like my album of the year so far. And yeah. the, uh, it's, it's a concept album about his death uh-huh. and he tells it expertly and kind of achingly, you know, mm-hmm. from the perspective of this man, he's created this life uh, that he knows was beautiful. And now he, but he, now he's coming to realize that it's just, it's like just a life and, um, I, I think it's, it's profound, like in a way that I tend to pretend that music, I, I, yeah, I pretend a lot of the music that I love is profound in a way, mm-hmm. uh, but very, very little of it actually is. But I think this entire album is, um, a, a, pr- a, a kind of this profound moment and window, you know, where he's, he's really trying hard to, to show us what he sees, you know, beyond this world. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Or even what awesome. he sees of this world as yeah. he, uh, as he exits it. Right. Um, right. You know, even like, uh, like the last track, I can't give it all away. Uh, talking about, it's sort of like about, or I read it anyway, about as being about his relationship between, uh, his own persona and his, uh, the many, many, many people who have heard and thought about David Bowie. Yeah. Um, I think there's some radio, uh, I think there's some Radiohead, like, I don't, not to say influence, but I got like this. Yeah. This, this, there's a Radiohead sound to it that I really connected to. Yeah. No, it does have sort of like a, not quite as aggressive, but like a, the national anthem feel to it a little bit. Yeah. Um, with the combination of sort of, uh, off kilter, uh, rhythmic rock and uh, jazz horn stuff, which um, I'm sure I'm sure there's some obscure album that I've never heard of that does this kind of thing, but it's fairly unique uh, amongst mainstream music releases. Yes. and uh, I really fucking dig it. It is yeah. awesome. You have to have a certain uh, stature to to pull it off <laughs> in this scope. Yeah, especially yeah. that first track, which is just really. Um, I don't know the tension in it, the t- the combination of tension and and sort of beautiful melody in it uh, is fantastic. And uh, um, anyway, is, here we are on Savage Beast to tell the world that uh, David Bowie is good. <laughs> he is he is it's worth saying. It's always worth saying. Um, it is okay. So our next track, uh, very different. Um, yes. From. <laughs> <laughs> but. But I think I Fitting. think David Bowie would have appreciated this guy. Actually, yes, uh, this is. Did... I'm going to say division. I'm okay. just going to pronounce it. Yeah, it's, it's yes. spelled D V S N. 
but his but, uh, his symbol is a division sign. Yeah, and yeah. you know he's just he's just uh, like Yahweh. He's not into uh, into vowels. <laughs> uh, wouldn't be Savage Beast without a religious reference. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and sacrilege. Yes. Um. That is some good booty music. Uh, yes. I, Paul, I don't. I don't think we could ever listen to this yes, album when we're when you and I are alone together because I'm just afraid we might start grinding on each other. <laughs> <laughs> it would be that would be a genuinely hilarious scene. Just two bros. <laughs> What? Bro it out. <laughs> yeah. So good. I'm so that grind. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean sometimes you uh you need a song that's just unapologetically about uh boning. Yeah. Um uh so that was September fifth from Division's album, September fifth. Yes. And, uh, and the whole the whole album sounds like that. Yeah, more or less. It's got yes. that combination of uh super punchy, clean percussion with uh um sort of uh, uh processed slightly distorted guitars and uh uh some you know you're you're not atypical modern r&b vocal type of thing going on um recommended if you like miguel basically nice um which i do but yeah um and uh it's 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 yeah it's it's good bone and music um, yeah, it, absolutely. It's hypothetical, hypothetical <laughs> at this juncture. Um, yeah. Uh, so the dude is apparently a uh, semi-mysterious uh, protege of Ooh. Drake. He's on Drake's oh. album or or, la- or label, I should say. Oh, I like it. Um, yeah. Uh, it probably is Drake. It's probably Drake. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, probably. Um, if it is, I like it better than Drake. So Drake should just do that. Um but um yeah i'm not uh, a super crazy r&b fan but occasionally an r&b album will come along and grab me and uh, this one did when it's um, right it's right <laughs> absolutely you should uh, we should test it out with our significant others and report back on its uh, its its instrumental <laughs> efficacy um okay. as opposed to we'll merely see. its aesthetic qualities we'll see if they uh, agree to that 
<laughs> no, 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 no. They don't, they don't know about it. You just put it on and see what happens, you know? Right, I've, got a, I've got a slim window before mine listens to this podcast to test it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, maybe when she listens to the our... podcast, she'll get to that point, and all of a sudden, you yes. know, your door is getting kicked down. That's true. Um, we have the same door, but yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so all our listeners, you guys test it out as well. And yeah. on your on your men and your ladies and your yeah. um, uh, and your your, your thems. yes um, okay so next um, I think let's listen to these next two tracks um, back back to back, back, to back. Uh, we've got chemical air by bleached and okay. and uh, then we'll, we'll we'll introduce the next one in yes between. okay that would be weird yeah. That, as Joe said, was Chemical Air by Bleached. And this is going to be Feed by Abby Reimold. I believe you said that that album had the worst cover of the year so far. It does. It's called Wriggling, and it has a big pile of worms on it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, that is that is your choice, and <laughs> I support your right to make it. Um, yeah. So um, I have some thoughts about how those songs interesting, interestingly contrast with each other. But uh, Okay, me too. So you... 
You well, first. you go first, actually, okay. because it's been all my tracks so far. So let's hear okay. from you. Okay. Um, well, you're right. So I selected the Bleach song, Chemical Air, and Paul selected Abby Reinhold's. Uh, Reimold. Reimold, sorry. Um, just keep thinking Judge Reinhold. It's probably uh, the same fucking name, just fucked up at Ellis Island. Oh, but, yeah. You know. <laughs> um, so I, I think they, uh, we talked about this on a previous podcasts, how I feel like indie rock right now uh, is is drawing from the 90s uh, very mm-hmm. strongly. And I think the Bleached track, the first track, um, draws a lot from the more popular alternative rock, um, radio-friendly alternative rock from that era, whereas mm-hmm. um, the uh, Abby Reimold record uh, um, draws more from you know, grunge and indie in the nineties. Um, I think a few of the other tracks sound especially grungy to me. Um, it just yeah. have a more lo-fi feel and uh, it's interesting to see bands kind of negotiating both those things. Uh, now it's also, to me, it seems like it's frequently, you know, uh, it, it there seems to be female, female artists and especially female vocalists, our mm-hmm. uh, bands with female vocalists are very interested in these influence now. Um, anyway, the point is, I like both. I like, bo- I, I like music for the '90s, so I like both of these. Um, and I think I like, you know, bleached, bleached. That's th- saying bleached as a possessive noun is difficult. Um, <laughs> bleached 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 approach uh, uh, a little better, um, just because uh, it has a sing along quality to it. Um, yeah, but it does lose out some of the more uh, um, emotionally stirring parts uh, that yeah. Abby, Abby Reimold has in her album. Yeah, absolutely. And those were those mirror my thoughts pretty closely. Ha um, Yeah. Um, it's interesting to me that you, not just in this, but in other things that we share back and forth, you definitely seem to, um, be more tilted towards the, uh, like well-machined power pop end of the spectrum right. in your rock taste. Uh, whereas I want somebody who sounds like she's just losing her fucking mind. Um, <laughs> which Abby Reimold frequently does on this album. Um, and also, a uh, brief shout-out, we won't play a sample, to her other band that she plays drums in, I believe, uh, Fake Boyfriend, which is a quality name for a band full of women, um, that released a really excellent four-song EP that works in a lot of the same ways uh, also this year. Um, and I, I just have to say that uh, the, the Bleached song reminds me that I just kind of rediscovered uh, the Letters to Cleo track here and now, which is just mm. one of the best pieces of 90s uh, alternative radio rock created. Um, and I had to listen to it, I'm sure, in like eight or ten years. Um, and it's fantastic. <laughs> I love when you, you know, I love when that happens and you just you kind of forget a song exists. I don't think I could name or, you know, conjure up a single song by letters to cleo which is probably just a factor it's probably just that i didn't know i was listening to them when i was so i should probably check that out totally um so um but but i should also say on bleached uh that is really good if you like sort of that more uh weezer end of 90s rock with Mm. um just more a little bit less uh jittery drums 
and more sing-along quality, like you said. Um, bleached is a really excellent way for people to go. Good Weezer. Good Weezer. Yeah. Not the bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blue album style right, Weezer. Right. Um, okay, so next we have a, a, a... Is this a joint pick? Would we both have put this on here? I don't think Parking. it would have made my list, okay. although I like it. Okay. So next we have uh, Berlin Got Blurry uh, from Parquet Court's uh, just-released album, uh, Human Performance. So I'd, I'd say that Parquet Courts is, they might be the buzz band right now, or one of the, you know, most talked about uh, rock bands. Um, yes. Uh, I think this album was maybe, you know, it would be the most anticipated of the year so far um, for, for indie rock. Um, hmm. uh, and... I don't so I have I have a, a lot of thoughts about this band. Um they have released Paul, you said something very interesting about them that they really have a mixtape style. Um they like release at least two different things a year, whether it be an album or an EP or collaboration. Um so in their like short, ex, you know, 5 years or so of existence, they've released a lot of tracks. Um, yeah. Wasn't their last release like an EP of like almost tuneless uh, instrumental music or something yeah, like that? Yeah. That there, I don't know if that was the last one, but yes, that was <laughs> recent. Um, and then they had another album where they uh, were like a different band spelled Parquet, like the butter brand and yes. the quartz. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so I guess this band has, they've, they've created some of my most so my favorite songs of, uh-huh. of recent times, including this one. Um, and then sometimes they really miss the mark. Um, and this album is like <laughs> up and down. Like some of it, I was like, this song's amazing. And some of them it's like, like the first track is just a song about dust and it, it doesn't really go anywhere from there. And you're like, they just, anything they think of, they kind of record it. Um, yeah. But how, how would you describe that particular flavor of rock that we just listened to? It's, Cause I, it's hard for me to put my finger on it. It's extremely lyrical, uh, lyrically driven, mm-hmm. um, con- country, Western flavored Americana indie rock. Yeah, that little guitar figure definitely reminds me of like a Sergio Leone soundtrack. Yes, yes. Um, so I actually have this this little theory about Parquet Quartz in that 
I think they have a sort of, they have this viral quality that not viral in the, you know, social media marketing sense, but in the actual, you know, original reading of that word. Um, it's something that Modest Mouse did um, amazingly well, um, which is they can take any genre like country, indie, alternative, singer, songwriter, uh, spaghetti Western soundtracks and kind of put their sound on top of it and then kind mm. of transform it into a, a parquet courts track. That's um, fair. And I, you know, just by adding, okay, we're going to sing, it's going to be very, we're going to have these very, uh, I just can't think of how to describe the lyrics, but very like, you know, beat poet lyrics, uh, mm-hmm. you know, pushed forward in the mix on top of whatever we're doing. Um, uh, whether it's like noise punk or uh, an alt country song, um, so it's really it's really fun. And I think I think at the worst, at worst, they remind me a little too much of like the musings of Cake, uh, where it's like uh, there's this pompous asshole's trying to be cute, but that doesn't happen often enough for it to like really deter me. And uh, this album, Human Performance, is a very uh, very good band uh, as Pitchfork. A very good album, as Pitchfork put it, uh, for a band on a on a roll, um, yeah, which they are. So I'd say, yeah. Would you on, draw? Go ahead. No, I was just say get on board. <laughs> Would you draw any stylistic parallels between them and Courtney Barnett at all? Yeah, that's something. Uh, certainly, there are. Um, whatever this new phase of country infused indie rock is called. I mean, we're certainly beyond like alt country. Um, yeah. But, uh, yes, I, I would. That's a, I hadn't thought of that before, but she definitely has that same, um, certainly talent, certain, uh, talent yeah. for, um, lyrical. Smart person, Lagaria yeah. lyrics. Yeah. Yes, totally. <laughs> totally. I know you don't love Courtney Bardant, do you? Oh, I like it. Um, okay. and that's about how I feel about, about this, uh, Parquet Courts album. Like, I like it. I just... I don't know. I this has to go has something to do with um, uh, what I like about Abby Reimold that's not quite mm. in this, which is sort of that just like, uh, like I'm just really gonna try to fuck up this microphone. Yes, <laughs> yes quality totally. Too. I'll say the last thing I'll say is that the thing I look for in like Parquet Courts and Courtney Barnett is mm. I like when a singer can really bring that power, that tension and release in just how they're singing. Like, mm-hmm. even if there's nothing, you know, uh, remarkable going on with the music in the background, but just that, that, you know, they just kind of do a little, they sing, you know, this, this bar just a little differently and the words they chose, it just kind of all comes mm-hmm. together. And like, you get that like rise of emotion without, you know, having to turn on the distortion pedal. Um, yeah. That, I think that's kind of what really draws me to this. That's uh, interesting. Be- that's, we're spending a lot of time on this, but yes. this is sort of an interesting thing for me to think about because, um, that's like the kind of thing that doesn't push my button quite as much. Mm. Like I, I do want the, uh, I want music to like take over my body to the point that I don't really have a choice, but to, but to, um, submit to it. Um, 
And uh, okay. that's not always the case. And, uh, you know, we'll see that with some of uh, maybe some of the other uh, things. But that's like when that happens, that's what really gets me to say, this is one of my favorite things going on right now. Yes. Yes. Um, um, so, yeah. So does, interesting. does that happen? Uh, does, does Kendrick Lamar do that to you? <laughs> yes. I think we actually discussed it already in the podcast, okay. but uh, we'll now play a sample from his uh, surprise mixtape. Uh, I, I, maybe it's not a mixtape, but it feels like a mixtape. Uh, untitled it does. Unmastered. Sick and tired of being tired. Can't pick a side the Gemini. Prophesize if we live or not. Promise mama not to fit them by. Seen black turn them burgundy. Hunted of them, I know I'm greedy. Stuck inside the belly of the beast. Can't you please pray for me? Get God on the phone. Said it won't be long. I see jiggaboos. I see styrofoams. My hood going brazen. Where did we go wrong? I see jiggaboos. I see styrofoam. Get top on the phone. Tell the squad, come on. We go ball again. All right. Once again, we're going to take the bold stance that Kendrick Lamar is good. Um, wow. I just. Yeah. Going to get a lot of angry tweets about that. I know. Um, so if you follow the NBA this year, uh, which uh, <laughs> Both obviously of us we do, do. <laughs> yes. then you know that there's been a lot of uh, kerfuffle around uh, LeBron James' um, really bad subtweet game <laughs> um, with his teammates. And so people have said, you know, maybe LeBron needs to lay off the social media. But uh, Kendrick, or LeBron James goaded Kendrick Lamar into dropping this album uh, via his social media. So I say LeBron tweet more. Um, maybe... Maybe you could get the Avalanches to definitely actually release their album. Um, Does LeBron like Neutral Milk Hotel? Because <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> that's what he's listening to on his Bluetooth Beats before every every uh, every game. It's Two Headed Boy Part Two. He's just like really <laughs> feeling it. Uh, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, uh, that song I think is a good. Uh, that was Untitled 2, the second track. Um, that uh, that song is a good sample to play just because um, uh, this will not, again, not be a revelation, but uh, the things Kendrick does with his voice, with his voice are really amazing. Um, with both this release and his previous one, To Pimp a Butterfly, uh, of course, the most striking thing is how jazz-influenced they are. And... Uh, What's really interesting about that song to me is uh, he really uses his voice a lot like a uh, a trumpet soloist would his trumpet. Um, you could you could imagine a uh, you could imagine that being the figure a trumpet plays in a jazz song very easily. The the sort of melody his voice takes, and then later in the track he goes into his typically uh, uh, mind blowing rap uh, stylings, and um, yeah, the whole album just. Uh, uh, a wealth of different styles uh, and uh, flows and interesting lyrics with uh, uh, relevant and topical and also timeless ideas going on. Um, 
I just love him. I think he's probably uh, the most ti- the most timeless uh, artist working uh, at the top of his game today. Um, I you know I I don't have much to add about him other than I I think this album is what I wanted from him. Uh, um. Uh, it was it's what I like. I prefer this to so much to to Pimp a Butterfly, his previous yeah. album, uh, which was to me. I mean, there's tons of great Kendrick on there, but it was it was overwrought. And this is just like it's interesting, uh, amazing hip hop album. And um, I I'm glad to know that he, you know, obviously many people would would just you know. Uh, hold the opposite opinion or would hold them equal. But to me, I'm I'm glad that he did uh, this kind of album. Yeah. I actually think that's a good take. Um, so to pimp a butterfly is uh, it's, it's sort of, it's hard to access. Like you're not gonna, uh, you're not gonna like jam to, to pimp a butterfly for the most part outside of a couple tracks, you know? Right. Um, uh, Actually, if all of To Pimp a Butterfly sounded like Wesley's Theory, the first track, I would really love if he just did an album that was produced by Flying Lotus like that track. Yes. That would be awesome. Yes. <laughs> um, but um, there was an article by somebody on some website that I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was, uh, a, a few months ago, towards the end of last year, um, that said, like, uh, that pointed out, like, really, does everybody really love this album as much as they say they do? Um, not because it's bad. The author was like, it's a great album. I love it, but it's, uh, it's weird and it's not particularly, uh, catchy or, um, it doesn't really come to meet the listener. And so, uh, the suspicion of the author was that the hype was as much about cultural signaling as about, people actually enjoying the music Hmm. and um i suspect that's true and i salute your bravery in admitting that joe thank you Uh, (laughs) i feel brave i feel brave yeah and by contrast this um semi-informal release is a lot easier to just uh go nuts to and um yeah i would say if you're from from the perspective of am i enjoying this listening experience this is probably the better album nice um okay let's listen to some rihanna All right. This whiskey got me feeling pretty. So pardon if I'm impolite. I just really need your ass with me I'm sorry about the other night And I know I could be more creative And come up with poetic lines But I'm tired of obsessing on Come over, let's borrow a drink. 
Okay, so that was um, Higher by Rihanna from her album Anti. Anti? Anti. Um, I would suspect that Rihanna does not need whiskey to either feel pretty or be impolite. Um, You know, seems like she does both of those all right. Everyone has image problems. Everyone's got body (laughs) image problems. Everyone's got, suffers from, you know, various forms of uh, uh, (laughs) depression or uh, insecurity. Uh, not me. Not you. Not you. Yeah. Fuck uh, <laughs> um, uh, that's why you're going to drive to In-N-Out after this and just <laughs> slam like five animal style. Six tuples, six tuples. Yes, yes. Animal anyway. style fries. Anyway. Your maybe actual re- thoughts Maybe Rihanna would be there. Uh, okay, so uh, we've been established that I like a good vocal take. Um, her voice mm-hmm. breaks and it's not, she's not obviously auto-tuned and it's like an interesting, uh, you know, sample in the background. And I just, I'm, I'm a sucker for a pop album that is, um, takes risks. Um, uh-huh. some of them work like this song, some of them like covering a Tame Impala song and not really doing anything <laughs> different. Don't quite work, but that's still, so that's like, that's so much more interesting than like, you know, the kind of album filler that's on like a i don't know a taylor swift album um that i i was just put this on here just to highlight like i'm glad that a pop star you know putting out something that is you know even a moderately challenging and involved piece of music um yeah especially compared to you know even uh you know i don't know maybe you know you know a yeah, you know, if you're looking at like Drake or Kendrick, there's a lot of very inventive music on that. But um, you know, when you're just you're when you're a pop singer, um, yeah, it's rare to cut. It's it's rare. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was noticing the the vocals too. I mean, Rihanna is noted for um, being an R and B star who is not uh, especially technically accomplished as a singer. Yes, you know, it's more about. Uh, persona and mood and so forth um but uh yeah it's kind of cool to hear somebody doing sort of an r&b thing singing like a a rock musician would which is to say just being willing to belt it out despite not <laughs> yes <laughs> hitting the notes yes <laughs> in That's a, acceptable way <laughs> i'm into it yeah um and the album so i'll just you know don't need to 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 say too much but it's a it's a it's a good album and it's worth a listen uh, unless you're someone who happens to hate Rihanna, which I feel like there's more of those people than, I don't know. She's, she has, yeah, people she's have, divisive. seem to have a strong with her personally, I feel like, which yeah. I don't which, pay enough attention to uh, what pop stars do to yeah. know what that's I have, about. I have zero idea of any, <laughs> any controversies surrounding her or anyone. So yeah, um, and I'll keep it that way. I will say I listened to that album and I it mostly just slid right off my mind. So that's fair. Um, yeah. Um, but that song is cool. Um, I I will take one issue with you suggesting that maybe Kendrick doesn't take that many risks with his music, which I feel like. Uh, no, no. I think I was saying <laughs> I was saying the other way. I think he oh, okay. does. Oh, okay. I was saying like like hip hop stars like him and Drake do. Oh, okay. But that maybe like pop pop stars don't necessarily get the same opportunity. Okay. Fair. 
All right. Um, we had one more thing on our list that... Um, oh, no. We had a couple more. Sorry. We had a bunch more. Never mind. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Scroll down. Yeah. All oh, right. I wanna, oh, yeah. I want to say there, it's not on spot. We don't have to play something for it. But I also like Azalea Banks. I love her uh, mixtape, Slay Z. Yeah. Um, um, she's a great vocalist, and she continues yeah. to be one on this uh, mixtape. Great at singing and rapping, but I actually just was not into the beats on this album. Okay. This sl- mixtape at all it was up and down um but that's that's that it's not one of my picks i just want to mention it as worth a download yeah also she put her augmented breasts on the cover and um, she did i I guess we should all be thankful for that (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i don't know i'm just not really into that sort of 90s uh house Mm. dance type Mm -hmm. of sound on that got it that's just me maybe um all right okay so now we've got you go ahead and introduce it because it's your choice yeah, this is um, from an album called Next Thing by Frankie Cosmos. Uh, this song is On the Lips. Okay, I, I can't stop listening to this record by Fra- Frankie Cosmos, and I have a really hard time telling you why. Um, <laughs> it's uh, her her approach to music. It, her songs sound like half-hearted, incomplete demos, yes. uh, and that that aesthetic somehow, uh, through just a couple repeated listens, uh, becomes. Um, uh undeniably just charming to me and then some 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 of the songs she just seems so delicate and afraid of what Mm -hmm. she's singing about that i it it's kind of an emotional experience i mean it seems i i don't know you know you must think that she's sort of an awkward and withdrawn person because the songs (laughs) feel so uh like kind of cloaked in a, a, this feeling of just not caring or not, or like not, you know, it's almost like she recorded it and kind of like dropped the guitar and like ran out of the room. Yeah. Um, but because she cares too much, I think perhaps. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's like, and yeah, it's recorded by a very young person with famous parents who lives in, who was born and raised in New York city. So oh, wait, who are her famous parents? Uh, uh, they are. Um, it's not Kevin Klein, is it? It is Kevin Klein. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. You got it. Um, Who's her mom? Uh, I can't remember. Wow. That's funny. Yeah. Um, um, and um, sorry, I'm Googling. Phoebe Cates. Oh, know. 
Yeah. Wow. Yep. There you go. Um, 80s to the max. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so, uh, I, I can't say, I, I don't know. It's, it's, you even, it's, you, I mean, you would have to either like this or not. I mean, it is in the end, I mean, it's indie rock and it's, it's, you know, um, yeah, uh, it's definitely more of the sort of uh, lo-fi nineties type of thing yes. as opposed to the. The many other flavors of 90s rock we've sampled on this podcast. Yes. Um, her lyrics are excellent. Uh, you have to give yeah. her that for sure. They're really, really affecting. And um, at the very least, she seems like she would be a super interesting friend to have. Yeah. Uh, that might even be, you know, that's, I'm glad you said that. That might be part of this record. Like, you, it, it might just seem like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm kind of having like this conversation with a friend you yeah. know you have a platonic crush on frankie Cosmos. there you go yeah that's the album purposefully creates that yeah um no i agree with how you describe the music it's sort of uh it's sort of like um uh well she has a song called sappho on this album and mm-hmm. uh so in that spirit the lyric poems of sappho were of course uh, primarily about the words with a little bit of uh leer uh, music accompanying them as a sort of accoutrement. Um, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that word that way. <laughs> An accoutrement. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, cut that out. Anyway, um, no. <laughs> uh, uh, I kind of feel like that's how the music functions on this album. It's um, obviously more than a leer, but it's uh, it's sort of a a spare thing that adds flavor to her really interesting little, um, uh, lyrical packages. And, uh, it's very good. I certainly, I certainly have no beef with that choice. Cool. I'm glad to hear we will not be beefing over Frankie Cosmos. Yeah. Um, and As she, many surely have. Yes. Um, well, she was, or maybe still is dating the, uh, lead singer slash kind of only guy in the band porches. Oh really? Yes. Um, yeah. They have one song I love, and then a lot of songs that I'm not as much into. Yeah, they, it was probably the was it the song that they released as sort of a lead single this year or no? No, I, that's the song I'm not a fan of. Oh really? I kind of like yeah. that one. Maybe yeah. We could argue about that one another time. Oh, let's argue <laughs> now. No, the song by Porches that I love is um, uh, what is it called? The Cosmos. Whoa, dude! Does she have a song called "The Porch"? Whoa! I <laughs> <laughs> oh got. I can't even think about this. Um, probably, probably. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. So, so now we're gonna listen to uh, a weird one, uh, at least slightly, by uh, Sarah Newfeld called "The Ridge." Thank you. 
Um, so that song goes on for another eight minutes or so, or, or another seven minutes beyond that. And um, uh, that at least gives you a little bit of a flavor of the sound, which is Sarah Neufeld is a violinist. And uh, she combines uh, her violin playing, which has a sort of uh, manic, uh, minimalist quality in a lot of places, um, with uh, beats both uh, programmed and acoustic and um, a few other elements. But um, I don't know. It just, uh, uh, it really grabs me. How did you feel about that, Joe? Well, I think this is the track you picked that I was... I have, to be a little, I have to be a little bit of a Grinch about it. Sure. Uh, I, just, I had to say A for effort. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I there is a part, there's a part a little later on where it gets rolling. It's like a more uh-huh. of a, you know, it, it turns into more of a rock track. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, sometimes I, this song, I, the song, it, it felt like it was spending a lot of time kind of soundtracking a film and mm-hmm. not enough time, like, directly engaging the listener really um yeah that's what that's kind of my impression but i do have i thought about this you know i have this internal debate about post-rock bands Uh like uh it kind of reminded me of mogwai or godspeed you black emperor not it's not you know those are very different bands but they they have the same i have the same issue where it's too epic for me like if, <laughs> if epicness is the quality you're going for, um, yeah. sometimes I just don't connect with that. Um, yeah. even, no, even feel, though it's like, I get into it when it's, when it's, when it's going, but, um, it can definitely, it can definitely feel contrived or, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Forced or something. Contrived um, is, is, you know, at, at points. Yeah. Uh, um, the, I, I say that about, uh, more Godspeed you or, or uh, particularly uh, explosions in the sky. I oh, don't know. Yeah. I don't really get that feeling from uh, Sarah Neufeld. I really like this whole album. Um, it's uh, I don't know. It works for me a lot like sort of uh, minimalist classical music does. Yeah. Yes. Um, I did. I did like the parts that uh, sometimes it reminded me more of like Philip Glass. Yeah. But again, I sometimes I can't stand listening to Philip Glass. Sometimes <laughs> so you know it's 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 all the same bucket yeah. of of feelings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if that sounds appealing to you, definitely try it out. I'm yes, we, it was good. Something to, uh, to disagree on. But, yes. Um, yes. I don't know. It's uh it's got enough uh sort of energy like what I talked about earlier and um uh. I don't know. Sometimes the violin gets really uh, raw and screechy in a way I like. Sometimes it's just very beautiful and melodic. Um, so I dig it. She has a, an album she collaborated on last year with the uh, this saxophonist Colin Stetson. I don't know if mm. you've ever heard of him. Interesting. Uh, called Never Were the Way She Was, which is also really, really good. Um, he does, and he has also some solo saxophone albums on his baritone sax that are, uh, I think are really good. Um, Paul, did- these are, these are all like the weirdest type of music I like. Did I make this up? Was the sa- was the saxophone your childhood instrument? Indeed. Oh, um, nice. But I never progressed beyond the level of um, sort of being able to play a Disney song. Got um, it. Got <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but Colin Stetson, by contrast to my plain Jane alto, has a 
big ass uh baritone saxophone and nice. he he mics it real close so he can sort of use the keys as percussion instruments along with the uh sounds coming out of it so um he's pretty cool and his album with sarah newfeld whom we just listened to is uh is uh really good from last year maybe that's a problem maybe your alto sax was just not not big enough for your stature yeah. <laughs> you need it you need a ma- you needed a magnum sax Uh, (laughs) it's get it's getting late it it can't all be big Um, no anyway um Um, what else did we have because the fucking spotify playlist just went away from me ah we have um two more songs uh the first of which is this kind of odd song from uh a band called good morning and their album is called glory all right Uh, This song is called To Be One. detecting a theme in the songs that I picked for this uh, at least this, that some of them I'm very into the sparse uh, lo-fi yeah demos um, uh, I should say this uh, this is not an album uh, this uh, by this band good morning it's uh, it's an EP it's only six songs um, they're Australian uh, and I the the quality that attracted it attracted me to it is that it's it's kind of challenging mm-hmm. um in that uh i i like it i liked it the first time i listened to it and then the second time i listened to it i was like why did i like this i don't like this at all and then i kind <laughs> of like on the third time i was like oh cuz it's like it's really in it's like if you pay attention to it you know you're and you really are like listen to it as something that you you know previously kind of got attracted to then you're like oh wow there's a lot of very they do just a lot of strange possibly uh they're weird noises and strange breakdowns and there's mm-hmm. like an insane amount of reverb um and it's like listening to like an old smashing pumpkins demo or something like that i almost feel like from like 1990 um, yeah, 
Billy Corgan being weird in his basement. Um, uh, yeah. So I, uh, this is my weird pick of, of this. It's my, it's my weird album of the year so far. Uh, I don't know if it's good. I don't really care, but I, 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 I like it. It's definitely good. Um, it's, uh, uh, I, it is hard to figure out who to compare it to another sort of nineties inflected, uh, lo-fi type of thing. A little bit. We do love the nineties. It's it's becoming a theme. Um, where'd you hear about it? Cause I hadn't heard about these people at all. I heard, I, this is funny. This is a good story. So I still follow, like I follow people on Spotify that I haven't spoken to in years. And Uh some of them are like my very young, young, like, they're like maybe like eight years younger than me, um, coworkers from, you know, old jobs and, Uh and they, some of them have pretty good taste in music. And so they listen. So this was like a coworker was listening to a playlist, like of one of her friends who apparently, uh, has interesting taste in new indie rock. Oh, and it was okay. just like, I was like, oh, this playlist looks good from random friend of a person I'm not really, don't really talk to anymore. Uh, I'll follow this. And then I found it there. So you never huh. know. It's, That's music in the 21st century. It is. It is. Um, uh, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. No, thanks for, for exposing me to that because um, it does have sort of a weird vibe. They're Australian, I believe. Yes. Um, I, I just said that, Paul. Yeah, whatever. It's late and I'm drunk. Um, no. Anyway, um, all right. So we had one other selection on here. I'm not going to play a sample because I believe we opened a previous episode with this. We did. We opened uh, our um, the pretension episode. No. That may, I, probably. I haven't. No, no. We listened no. to another, the Go Go Res. We used oh, okay. that track, which is oh, another yeah. great track from this year. Yeah, um, and they were a, they were a tough cut for this list. Yes. For me. Um, uh, um, anyway, one of the episodes uh, starts with "Sleep Drone" slash "Superposition" by P.O.S. Yes, and uh, this has got to be one of the most epic rap tracks I've ever listened to. Um, definitely uh, impressive. Uh, the uh, intensity of feeling he brings to it, the quality of the production, the range of, of sort of moods from the sort of, um, the minimal, uh, like sometimes the beat is just a hi-hat and sometimes it's just got, uh, all kinds of in your face synths and uh, background choir and, uh, all kinds of stuff going on. And it goes on for, uh, nine or so minutes or something like that. And, this- uh, Everyone should listen to it. This is I, it's my it's my track of the year. I think yes. so far. Uh, it's uh, is this is a silly question? Is Pos is he the rapper or the producer? I think he's both. Okay, got it. Yeah. Um, wow. Then that is apologies impressive. to whoever actually produced that. If he's not, but he's definitely the rapper on the track. Um, you know, I'm gonna in the in the interest of accuracy. Yeah. You're gonna look uh, it up. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, but no the the album the the lyrics of the song are really impressive because he he ranges from uh, uh, the difficulty of recovering from uh, cancer or whatever sickness he had to uh, Michael Brown to uh, 
all kinds of stuff. And, uh, it's just, um, it's awesome. If you can't get psyched to listening to this track, you are dead. And I condolences on that. Um, I believe he did, uh, he did produce it. All right. Um, according to what I could find. An um, LP like Virtuoso we have here. And his son, Hard R, is on it. Which oh, really? Is impressive, yes. Um, hard R. Hard underscore R. Mm. Um, oh, like maybe, maybe like harder? Yes, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, very cool. Yes. There have been a lot of great rap kids in uh, rap over the decades. And, Indeed. Uh, Here's another, here's another example. All right. That's the end of our list, Joe. Yeah. Um, and you can, listeners, I guess you guys could find the list on Spotify. Uh, I think they'll all be on our track, uh, which you can find on the homepage of our webpa- uh, webpage, savagebeastpod.com. Mm-hmm. They're all on the playlist that's linked there. Yeah. Uh, and for- we'll, we'll go ahead and put this episode, this playlist for this uh with these specific songs on the um the episode page for this one too yeah so everyone can check that out on our website savagebeastpod.com which you can find at that url or you could just uh check us out on twitter at at savagebeastpod where we have a link to that website Mm -hmm. and um you know we appreciate your feedback um you could yell at us for not mentioning Beyonce's uh single or Kanye's album at all uh during this list which um uh is just a sign of what cool hipsters we are if you ask me Um, yes (laughs) but um maybe when we do a future episode on um politics and music we could discuss that Beyonce track because uh uh everybody else did um and uh if you're mad that we didn't mention the new Savages album I don't want to hear about it. Overrated. (laughs) Overrated. Fair. Um, I think everybody realized that with this album, actually, that like, oh, we sort of got caught up in the narrative of that first album. So Um, uh, it's a good album, but it's not. It's it didn't really sniff my uh, my top list. Um, All right. Any other final closing thoughts, Joe? No, I'm just going to, I just start talking about other songs I like from this year and we we don't have time for it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you could run through some honorable mentions real quick. Honorable mentions include, uh, Black Mountain and their song Line Them All Up, which is some good seventies prog rock influenced indie rock. Um, Yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, I also like, uh, I Hate the Weekend by Taco Cat. Um, great track. Yes. Um, uh, and, uh, I discovered actually about, is that came out this year? Yeah. Um, and I have to say, I almost uh, put on, um, something from the, um, shoegaze compilation that came out this year, uh, called still in a dream. It's my best reissue from this year compilation. It's excellent. Uh, just selection of all these amazing, uh, shoegaze albums that may have came out at the very end of last year though. So, um, mm. fuck it. I'm mentioning it in any way. Nice. Um, yeah. Any, uh, yeah, I had a few honorable mentions. What um, else? Uh, Anderson pack who, uh, did a lot of stuff on the last Dre album, Dr. Dre album. Uh, he had a really good solo album called Malibu that particularly has a couple of really great tracks on it. If you like sort of a more, um, uh, 
it's more sort of R&B plus hip hop uh, type of stuff. Uh, very funky. Um, Chester Watson released some of his old tracks on an album called Past Cloaks. Uh, that it's really good if you like sort of a Doom or Earl Sweatshirt type of thing. Um, uh, some of these I need to go back and figure out what they were because I remember them being good. Um, then um, uh, I liked the new uh, Dive album uh, quite mm-hmm. a bit. And uh, what else was there? Oh, uh, this was a surprise to me. I really enjoyed uh, one of the tracks on Bauer's new album uh, huh. of Harlem Shake fame, the one with MIA called uh, Tim. All right. That is makes really sense. Really good. It's uh, definitely a great party uh, party mix track to put on there for you. Um, I, I think I left out I left out a big one, um, uh, the album by Heinz. Um, mm, yes, their album "Leave Me Alone." Uh, I think it might actually end up on my best of the year list. Oh, um, how incoherent! I know, right? But uh, I don't care. I, we we can be. <laughs> I hate it when people do that. <laughs> the, the, the best was the, the time uh, Pitchfork named their best albums of 2004. And uh, your, your, uh, your uh, Bet Noir Arcade Fire's uh, Funerals was number one. And then Animal Collective's uh, Sung Tongs was number two. And then like two weeks later, they released their best albums of the half decade. And like the Arcade Fire album was like number forty, and the Animal Collective album was like number eight or something. That makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> um, in this case, it makes sense that I just forgot to include this album on this particular episode, um, probably. But so uh, I will not forget to talk about Heinz uh, yeah. later in the year. And uh, one more, since we didn't have any electronic music really on this list. Uh, okay. Uh, an Iranian dude named Ash Kusha just released an album nice. called I, AKA I, uh, that has, is really weird in a good way. It's got a lot of, uh, strange sort of, um, sounds where he just sort of, uh, apparently more or less manually mutated a lot of, you know, little wave snippets into, uh, interesting, uh, experimental electronic with beats and melody type of songs. And, uh, I really like it. So yeah. Okay. Thanks everybody. Yes. Once again, at Savage Beast Pod on Twitter. Uh rate us on iTunes. Yell at us uh in any way you can find. And uh thanks. See you next week when we'll be discussing the album of seventies garage rock from Africa that I bought in Seattle this weekend. Oh wow. So <laughs> hipster. <laughs>